Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, May 25, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on today's docket? Actually, there's a lot of stuff on the docket. The market didn't move all that much, but the market told us a story today. I'm going to convey part of that story to you here tonight. The first thing we're going to do is take a look at Captain Obvious coming off the daily chart. What's jumping off the page? The first order of business is what's with the horizontal 418? That was a trade today from inside the numbers. We'll get back to that later. It was essentially support. And by the way, I'm going to show you exactly and precisely where it came from. Back to the daily chart. So here's what we have right in front of us. The trend is your friend until she dumps you. We know that. So we're above all the moving averages. The larger thing is the trend. The trend is up. That's the dominant thing. Fair enough. What else do we have? And remember, when we go down to smaller time frames, shorter duration charts, what we'll find is Things happen that tend to morph onto the longer time frame charts. We're going to see some of that as this video goes along. After just mentioning the trend, what else do we have on the daily chart? Well, we have a breakdown candle that we discussed yesterday. So the market tried to climb up the breakdown candle to get to the high, or at least in the vicinity or the neighborhood of the high, It didn't do that. It got about halfway home. And just by chance, no accidents or coincidences, but just by chance, there was a big fat round number at around 420, about halfway home. So the high today happened to be 420.71. The high yesterday, 420.32. So what we can say with the daily chart, just looking at the tape is 420 for now is containing the tape. 420, give or take, is overhead resistance. It's around 4,200 in the ES. It's slightly more than that. But that general vicinity is overhead resistance. We're not surprised at that. Inside the numbers, members were aware of that stuff yesterday. So we're not exactly dumbfounded that the market can't yet get through 420. What else do we have on the daily chart? Well, We still have this gap. Remember the gap. Now, the gap's been filled, so it's not nearly important as it once was before. The gap was 417.94, and they closed above the gap yesterday. They threatened to close below, but instead closed above the gap today. Now, that's not an accident nor a coincidence. They made a conscious decision to close above the gap, at least on the surface. That's a bullish sign, not a bearish sign. Doesn't mean the market in the short run is bullish or bearish. Just taking that one item on its face, closing above the gap two days in a row is more bullish than bearish, period. When we look at the 240-minute chart, what do we see? Well, we're above all the moving averages, so the trend is the dominant thing. The trend is our friend. Okay, we have that in our back pocket. Now, we have a breakup candle The low is 417.08. So they didn't get all the way to the low today, but they made an attempt to run a test of the low or in the neighborhood of the low of this breakup candle. They didn't get all the way to the low, but that's the way I view this chart. We're looking at it from a big picture perspective. 
Same routine on the 120-minute chart, same breakup candle, same running a test of the vicinity of the lows of the breakup candle. What's the deal with the 418? Well, there's actually a number of things that I was looking at. So while we're on the 120-minute chart, let's just notice that we know that 418 is important. The market spent some time before breaking above, and then it really failed before finally getting above, and then it failed again before trying to get above. So we know 418 is important. It stopped there, sold off, came up, tried to break out, couldn't do it. Here we go. What's that gap? How about 417.94? Again, it's the same as 418. It's within pennies. What about over here? Didn't the market run up and then quickly get rejected once it got to that spot? Yes, it did. So just from this perspective on the 120-minute chart, having that conversation inside the blue circles, we can make the case that 418 is important. Hourly chart, we see confirmation of much of the same thing. Breakup candle, running a test, 418, here you go. So the market runs up to 418, we just saw the same candle before, and then it's rejected. Then it gets above, and it's doing what? Coming back to run a test of a former breakout area. Whether that breakout area is from 10 years ago, 10 days ago, 10 candles ago, it doesn't matter. The same stuff happens over and over. All charts act and react the same way. That's something that's pounded into students of the Lazy E-mini Trader course. What happens if you look at it from a 15-minute perspective? The market runs up to that spot, okay, and is rejected. Then it gaps up and it breaks above 418. Well, what's going to happen when it comes back down? It's going to find at minimum of intraday, at least temporary support at that spot. That's going to happen the majority, the large majority of the time. Back to the daily chart. Remember this spot? That's the gap. What's the gap? 417.94, 418, it's important. They closed above the gap yesterday. The first time they revisit the gap, doesn't it make sense that there's going to be some kind of supporting cast by the dip crowd? Yeah, under normal garden variety conditions, using the 80-20 rule, that's precisely what happens. Since we're on the topic, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Right of the vertical is today's activity. Here's a five-minute chart. 418 is the spot. What's the low of day? 417.94. You can't make that up. There's no accidents nor coincidences in the market or anywhere else. From that spot, the market got about a 15-handle S&P bounce, $1.50 roughly in the SPY. That's just what the doctor ordered. Why is that? Because that was a trade provided to Inside the Numbers members. We'll circle back to stocks on the move, but let's run through the commentary just to highlight a couple of things. You can read the rest on your own and double-check the work. I urge you to do so. It's turnaround Tuesday. Wake up green. They're still pushing up north. What did they do by the end of the day? They turned around. Above the big fat round number of 4,200 is bullish. That's also around 420. It's a little bit less, but nevertheless, we know where the numbers are. The early thoughts, as they continue pushing higher during the melt-up operation, the process is the same, only the numbers change. 
as long as they're opening the day above or even pushing above, if they don't open above, and close candles above 419.80, the door opens for 421.75 to 422 and a quarter. Support will be around 420, give or take. Spike through is customary. That's an awareness. And if that doesn't hold, they'll have to pay a visit and run a test of 419. Below that on candle closes, especially an hourly one, begins to have the appearance of failure and a fumble by the bulls. Below that will be handled in real time as needed, which it was. So we'll move it along. Very quiet, 420, give or take, will be support. The quieter the market is, the less the volume is, the less it's going to move on the downside. That's just the way it works. Running a test of 420, closing candles below 419.70 could bring more sellers out of the woodwork. Okay, now the door at 950 is open for 419.15 down to a spike of 419. We don't know they'll get there, but the door is ajar. So here's the setup at the time. It was a drip lower. The market was very, very slow. They weren't headed anywhere in a hurry. So it's not like there's a real juicy trade on the table at that time. 951, if they start to drop fast, it's a spike of 418 that would represent where the buy the dip crowd would show up at present, meaning that's what I see at the time, 951. It's a buy if reached sooner than later. They could show up sooner, but that's my number. And you know the way I feel about my numbers. I'm not interested in taking a trade at someone else's number, chasing the market around. I'm interested in utilizing my numbers. So we'll wait. Patience will pay. If they're going to run back up north, 420 and a quarter would both be a target and represent overhead resistance. You just have to have both sides as the market unfolds. When you do, you're viewing the market in real time completely differently than most people, most traders do. 10.05, it's reasonable to think 419, give or take, would produce a bounce for a trade on the long side. My number is still a spike of 418 for now. It's really quiet and they're not doing anything. The S&P 500 is up two or three points. So they weren't doing anything. 10.15, patience pays. There's our minimum required base hit on BEKE. We'll get back to stocks on the move later. 10.23, being in a position while the market isn't going anywhere isn't any fun, which is why I'm not presently in an SPY position. I'm only interested in a spike of 418 for now. That's it. Just to reiterate again, 10.42, no change. Still only interested in a purchase of the SPY down around 418 and below. Still the same routine, 11.07, interested in a spike of 418. It's a trade, not a marriage. Let's move it along. 11.34, they did the thing where they go and get to and spike through 418. Low thus far, 417.94. Sound familiar? There should be a bounce in here if or when they found a low. They could have went a little bit lower, but they were always going to bounce from that spot under normal garden variety conditions. This was the long side trade we've been waiting on all morning long. And then of course, you have to give where the trade is wrong below 417. Moving right along. 11.45, traders that took the SPY trade, book profit along the way, it's a trade, not a marriage. 
And by the way, they should get back to at least 419.25. Back to the imagery, 418 was the entry or below. Back to 419 and a quarter, they went a little bit higher. And then they did what? They pulled back and then they did what? They went to retest that same general spot. So that also was an important spot. It pays to know your numbers, entries, and exit targets. Let's see what else we've got. About 1225. Update. They dropped into the buy zone, which was also the same zone they were running a test, a spike through 418. After the buy, they were to run back to around 419 and a quarter. The recent high, 419.43. They can go higher, but this trade is complete from where I sit. Nice job to those traders who participated. Pay attention to this one. Get out your sticky notes. It's not a falling knife. They're headed to a destination to run a test. Won't work every time, but it will most of the time. I showed you where the number came from. We do this all the time. I think I've proven the point. Moving along, you can read the notes, pause the video, go back to the charts to double check the work. It's important that you have a full and complete understanding of what's being offered here and whether or not it can benefit you during the trading day. Stocks on the move. The list comprised six potential opportunities to hit their price objectives or entry targets. The rest get wiped off the board as no trades. We'll take a look at BEKE. We'll also look at SBLK. We'll cover this one first. SBLK. Haircut at the open. First number doesn't work. Second number works until it doesn't. They ate time off the clock. They hung out for a cup of coffee. They went towards the third. They didn't get there. Bounced back to the second. Finished the day at the third. It's more of a crap sandwich of anything else. It just simply didn't work. It happens. Not all the trades are going to work. About 80 plus percent of them will work. Like this one. B-E-K-E. Buzz cut at the open. 48.91. They went a little bit lower. Turned around. Back in the other direction. Finished the day near the highs. Almost a $2 rip from entry to high. This is the kind of stuff we signed up for. Way better than a base hit. These kind of things put you in the Hall of Fame. In this business, you have to take the good, the bad, and the ugly. Cut and run and manage properly the ugly and the bad. Stay with me and you'll have way more winners than losers. Do this for an extended period of time. You'll be in the Hall of Fame. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Yesterday, we looked at the convergence of moving averages. They couldn't get through. So essentially, if they don't, which they haven't yet, if they don't get through the convergence of moving averages, then what they're essentially doing is creating one of these bearish, wedgish kind of things that generally result in another move in the southern direction. If, and this is an if, they're able to get back above the moving averages and clear this breakdown candle high at 225.67, that's a whole nother ball game entirely. But at present, we take the market at face value. At face value, it's pointing lower, not being able to get through the moving averages, creating the bearish wedgish thing. It's just not leading in the upward direction, but in a fact today was leading in the southern direction down $1.85, almost 1%. The S&P 500 was down less than a quarter of 1%. The IWM is my favorite market leading indicator. We didn't have any kind of 
institutional participation type volume today, but nevertheless, it's still my favorite market leading indicator and we're just taking it at face value and saying that the evidence builds. This is a bare puzzle piece on the table. 240 chart, more moving averages rejected again. 120 minute chart, more moving averages rejected again. Obviously rejected again. The chart changes, but the price doesn't. Hourly chart, rejected at the 200 period hourly chart moving average. So I just wanted to point out that when you look at various charts, they're all confirming the same thing. There really are no divergences within the IWM itself. That's what I was looking for. What about the folks down at the transportation department? We were eyeballing these guys yesterday. They were riding the 20 period moving average. They closed on it, but they're riding it, making one of those bearish, wedgish, bearish, flaggish kind of pattern. And here's what we were watching. We're still watching. Did they get below and close below 15, 369, 12? That's the last breakup candle low. The answer's no, but look what's going on. They tried to bust above the 20 period moving average and they finished near the lows of the day. Again, my second favorite market leading indicator, but my first favorite canary in the coal mine. Down 152 points, 1% against the SPY down less than one quarter of 1%. So this is another puzzle piece on the bear table. We're talking short term here. Maybe it morphs into something more, but for now, we're talking short term. Remember, the longer term charts, the trend is up. We're talking shorter term charts that are morphing. What do we have over with the folks in Silicon Valley, the Qs? So here's what they did today. There was a gap up here. They filled the gap. They missed it by pennies yesterday. That's by choice. They could have hit it, but they didn't. So today, they went and hit it and closed below. Again, they're above all the moving averages, so the daily chart, the trend is your friend. Filling a gap and not closing above the gap on the first run is normal garden variety market behavior. What about the hourly chart? Can we see two different things on the hourly chart? Here's why you need to be the umpire calling balls and strikes. I'm gonna give you both things. What you'll see is one is inside the other. We have a move down and a bear flag kind of thing working with half of the stuff after the big breakup candle. But when you take the big breakup candle, all that's really going on here is they're making a bull flag pattern going back and forth, and inside of that is just a bunch of noise. So which one is gonna work out? Well, getting below the 200 period moving average and certainly below this high here, 330.86, below the 20 period moving average on this hourly chart, well, obviously then the bull flag pattern is failing and something else is working, but at present, that's what they still have. They have a pattern inside of a pattern. You're always going to revert to the longer thing, the bigger thing. So in this case, you have to revert to the big breakup candle and all they're really doing is making a big, long, drawn out bull flag pattern out of it. Now, I'm also the ball and strike guy, so we're gonna take a look at another chart, see what else we find there. On the 120 minute chart, I'm gonna make a different case. It just looks slightly different, it's more compressed. You have the same breakup candle over here, and you have the same down move with a bear flag pattern in development over here. The difference here is, 
On this 120 minute chart, this is more of a reversal type of situation than the hourly chart was. You had some volume better than the average volume, at least in this candle. You finished near the lows, not at the lows. So I'm actually going to give this a little bit more weight instead of a scenario where we're giving the more dominant thing over here. I'm going to just watch and I'm going to say if they start breaking below today's low, then the breakup candle is essentially failing in terms of the bull flag pattern. And then what do we have? Well, all of a sudden, the door opens for some breakup candle lows. Now, this low here is at 329, but there may be other numbers above that from different charts. We'll leave that to further analysis for another time, but I just wanted to let you inside my head as I analyze this chart and others in real time. Remember what we said about the XLF last night. Above all the moving averages, the trend is your friend, but we may have a reversal on our hands. We have another test in the vicinity of the highs. We finished on the lows today, but above the moving averages, so on one hand, could be just a one day down day, almost 1%, not a big deal. But if we take all the other things that are going on in consideration and the XLF starts dipping below and closing below the 20 period moving average, then we may have something other than garden variety unfolding. What about Smash Mouth? Now this is an interesting one. It's in a slightly different position than other markets. Remember we just discussed getting to a gap and closing below isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world in the first run. It was the cues, wasn't it? This was the chart. And remember the SMH or Smash Mouth is a pretty good proxy for the cues. So here they filled the gap yesterday and they closed above the gap today. So now that opens the door for yet another gap up around 250. Is that a hint? Is it a tell? Are we going to see a fake out in the other markets and the real tell is over here in Smash Mouth? We don't know that, but you have to consider it. It has to be a puzzle piece. It has to be on the table. You must be the umpire calling balls and strikes. You have to have all these awarenesses of both the bull and the bear case so when you see something unfolding, you're not trying to figure it out in real time. You already have a clue what's going on because you pre-figured it out. That's why we have practice. That's why we have pre-game warm-ups. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. True and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost. My strategic forecast Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.